Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 11 to 1 on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. Test drive the awesome new Mercedes Benz A Class today at Gilmore's Kings Court. See it, drive it, simply awesome. That's the Mercedes Benz A Class at Gilmore's Kings Court or Gilmore's.ie. Now, my next guest is a force to be reckoned with. She launched her own career in marketing straight from school, taking the hard route and studying by night. By her late 20s, she'd done everything from selling print to home heating oil. Uh, Now, not one to shy away from a risk, she remortgaged her home to study getting an MBA, which led to a senior marketing role with L'Oreal before moving into the food industry. She's co-founder of the East Coast Bakehouse based in Drogheda, which she set up with her husband, Michael Carey. Uh, They're located just outside Drogheda and it's one of the biggest biscuit making facilities in Ireland and the UK. A long time supporter for women for election. She was welcomed as the organisation's chairperson last year. Just another accolade to add to her long standing career. Alison Kaiser is with me and you're so welcome to 11 to 1. How are you doing? I'm delighted to be here. Now, uh, just to kind of get things started with, I suppose, let's go back to childhood. Uh, Who would you say was the biggest influence on you growing up? Oh, definitely my parents. I mean, I'm sure most people say that, but in the context of what I've gone on to do job-wise and career-wise, uh, mum and dad both had their own businesses. They both had their own small businesses. Dad was a mechanic and uh, had a petrol station. And mum, when I was about 12, um, used one of the rooms in the garage to literally set up her own with her sister, a ladies boutique. So I suppose I grew up always and always having business around me, always having a knowledge of customers and how important the bank manager was and all those kind of things. So I sort of saw it all at the kitchen table and heard all those discussions going on and, and then really went straight into it. I mean, pump petrol for my whole teenage years on, on the forecourt. And in those days, you, you actually had your petrol served to you. You didn't have to do yes. it yourself. Uh, you're, not, you're not young enough to remember. You're, you're not old enough rather to remember that. I, I I do have um, a, a slight memory, the odd time <laughs> of that, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so yeah, that was absolutely the influence and continues to be really. I mean, just seeing how they ran businesses, you know, how they how they worked really hard to make it happen, and you know, money was always tight, but you knew that if you worked hard, you know, you, you had a chance of, of of improving things. So that's really where where my influence has uh, has and continues to be. So, you know, you mentioned your mother there as well. I mean, you know, would that have been quite unusual at the time for a woman running her own business from the home? I mean, that must have been... 
we, we actually, she, she didn't run from home. She ran it from from um, from the side of one of the, one of dad's dad's operations. Um, but yeah, it was unusual. I mean, certainly growing up, um, I had a couple of friends whose parents worked, but they tended to work actually with their husbands in in kind of family businesses. But we lived in Blanchardstown, actually, uh, in in Dublin, and it was a brand new housing estate built in the early seventies. I think there was probably about sixty houses in it. And when we moved in, one was the only woman who drove. Right. Um, so she actually taught some of the other women to to drive. Um, so you know, it was yeah. it was very much. She was always there as a as a, um, I suppose for me, just an example of anything's possible. You know, absolutely, yeah. completely gender blind. You know, just it doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're male or female. You just get on with it. So, yeah, I mean, as kids, you know, she was always out working, and uh, she would be usually late to collectors coming home from school. But you just that was just you know that was part up with of it. it. It was part of it. It was yeah. no big deal. Um, I love that. We never idea, had homemade yeah. birthday cakes. They were always bought. You know. It's always that kind of get on with it. And um, I suppose that, you know, a bit of osmosis came down. In the line to, to yourself. Yeah. 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 So what uh, was the best piece of advice then that either of your parents passed on to you that you sort of took with you? Um, I think it's 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 about hard work, really. Um, you know, just understanding that, um, you know, it, it you have to get out and make it yourself. You know, there's never nothing's ever going to be handed to you. you, you and I hope, you know, we, we pass that on to our girls, that it, it's about hard work and, and having an idea that, you know, you, you get up, you, you, you do what you need to do. It doesn't always work out, you know. I mean, we, again, in small businesses, there's lots of challenges, lots of times when things don't happen. And, and um, instead of lying down and, you know, maybe being, being run over by it, you get up again and, and, and keep moving. Um, so that's really, I suppose, one of the big things I, I learned from them. And took with you. Uh, so I suppose what led you down this particular path then, you know, in terms of running your own business, you know, would you be able to pinpoint a time in your life where you said, you know what, I want to be like mom and dad, I want to run my own business? Or was it like a series yeah, of events I mean, that I led? I worked in small companies a lot. Mm. I mean, I didn't actually, you know, Michael and I didn't, didn't sort of form our own business until I was about 35. So, mm. you know, I'd worked to that stage, I'd worked for Ghanai on uh, 20 more years for other people. Um, but I worked a lot in small businesses. So my first job was with a very small um, media agency that was starting up and there was just two of us. So literally, you know, it was doing everything from, you know, cleaning the toilets to meeting the correct clients and and putting putting deals together with clients or whatever. You know, it was completely the total span of it. And I think when, you, you know, when you've seen that, you, you kind of understand what it is to start a business then when you've worked for a startup because you do realise it's all hands on deck. Um, it's not very tidy in the sense that that's your job and that's only your job. You, you really do a bit of everything. And that was a great training ground for, for when you do set up your own business. I mean, East Coast Bakehouse is a startup. It's 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 kind of a larger startup. We're now up to about 50, 50 on the team. But, you know, first day in the office, literally you know there was just two of us and three of us and four of us and you, you know you grow from that so um so that's been that's been the really exciting bit about starting your own business you know and is it you know you talk about the excitement and obviously that's there but is it when you open the doors to the public and this is your baby that you're putting out there in the world what's going through, through your mind it must be daunting as well well, I suppose it's it's kind of your attitude to risk. Um, I I don't have a problem at risk because for me, you know, I would always ask myself in whatever challenge or whatever the 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 the, the project or the you know whatever whatever's going on, um, you know, what is the worst that can happen? And actually, for me, the worst that can happen has absolutely nothing to do with business. It's nothing to do with risk, and that's about you know maybe you know our girls getting ill or you know some kind of a much more personal scenario. So, I think from that perspective, if you know if you can if you can have a, a reasonably healthy and happy life outside of work then the work risks are very different they're 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 much more considered risks um you know i i love what i do i love work uh, i love you know come up with new products with the team in east coast bakehouse and all of that but i'm not defined by it it's mm. actually you know if it 
you know, it, there are much more important things in life, like family and, and various other things that I do, that, that you think, well, business risks are fine, but they're not the be all and end all. So if the consequences are, you know, if something does go wrong, you just have to try again. Yeah, well, that's that's a really good attitude to have. Now, you just going back to school times and stuff, you know, you you kind of took the less easy route, let's say, in terms of, you know, you decided to study by night and that kind of thing. What was that like? Was that challenging, well, you know, working um, and then? I left school in 1984 and a lot of, I mean, was very few jobs around in, in, in the 80s. Um, a lot of my friends went to college um, and I was actually offered a job um, because I had done a summer work with a, with a, a, a media agency and one of the guys left and, and started a new business and and asked me to join him. And at the time, I actually had a full-time college place, which I had done for about six weeks. And I, But for me, there was absolutely no contest. You know, get a full-time job and then transfer to do the, the degree at night or continue with the, the degree during the day. And I thought, you know, God, I could actually have both. You know, I think I was probably greedy at the time, thinking I can do the two together. <laughs> Imagine coming out of, you know, after the four years, having four years work experience and four years college. Um, and that was, and the other thing is, you know, you, you go from 17 doing your leaving cert to straight into going to college two nights a week and sometimes Saturdays. So there wasn't a break, you know, it wasn't mm. like taking a year off and feeling like you you were never going to study again. It was just kind of a continuation. Yeah. Looking back on it now, I don't know how the hell I did it. I mean, Tarnell Square, Tuesday nights to, and, and Thursday nights, uh, six till <laughs> ten. And, and looking back, I think, crikey. But, you know, you just, you get on with it. You're, you're in the moment and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, you know, when you started out, I suppose, working in business, and I know, you know, it's much later, say, when you're you're opening up uh, the business with your, your husband and stuff. But when you move up the ranks and you're getting this senior marketing role and you're, you're you moving on in business did you ever get any experience that you can't do this because of your gender well maybe I did but maybe I just didn't notice it because I I kind of plough on regardless and um, I mean I've always you know the family I grew up in the, you know I was the eldest girl I have a brother and a sister but you know there was no no question of you not doing something because you were a girl it was just you know get on get on and make it happen so I mean that philosophy has stayed with me um and you know, I, I I genuinely believe that women deserve a seat at the table. Um, there's a great quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's uh, one of the Supreme Court judges in the U.S. and an amazing woman, and she says that women deserve to be wherever decisions are made. And I truly believe that in whatever organisation you're working in, whatever you know, whether you work in academia, whether it's in the home, whatever your situation is, women deserve to be where decisions are made. So I think if if that's your mantra, um, then you believe you you deserve to be there. So uh, you're not going to take any any nonsense about <laughs> not being uh, worthy, I suppose. And and that's so that's very much my view and, and always has been. Uh, and I suppose then it, it led, I suppose, to the working with the election for women, which is yeah. a fantastic organisation as well. And you're now chairperson of that. Yeah. How does that so, feel or how do you so find that, that? I mean, it has been a huge privilege to get involved in Women for Election. We train um, and support women to go forward for election. I mean, we have, unfortunately, uh, at the moment, we've only uh, 22% of the doll and now 24% of local elections uh, are, uh, representatives are female. Uh, we had a slight increase in the local election. Um, this time around in the last in, in June which was welcome but still a long road to go so you know being involved with with, with those women um, as an organisation and giving them really practical support to move forward to get involved in the political process to get elected first of all to stand and then and then to yeah. get elected you know um, we are not going to change the political system um if we if, if we don't move forward and, and actually try to get some kind of gender balance, you know, the, internationally they say around thirty percent is the tipping point because then you start to change things from within. So it is kind of scary thought to think at the moment that uh, eighty seventy eight percent of the of the, the people who make the decisions in the all Aaron are male men. Mm. 
and so many of the decisions affect you know the entire population. Mm. So how do we get to a point where the people who are making the decisions are actually representing the uh, the people who they who they represent? Um, so that's I suppose what drives that whole um, movement to, to get better representation of women. And, and I think we need it in business. Um, just I have to give a plug to women for election. We're doing a crowdfunding campaign at the moment. Uh, check, check out our website and our Twitter. We're, we're trying to raise money to to empower and 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 uh, train more women for the next uh, general election, whenever that happens. And if anybody knows, please. Let us know. We'd yeah. love to be prepared. <laughs> We'd love to know exactly. Um, but so no, it's, yeah, it's, that, it's that whole women empowerment. I mean, the women empowerment. I, I, I see it just as a recognition yeah. of, of the, you know, the fact that we deserve a seat at the table, mm. and uh, and we've two teenage girls, and you know, they can't even countenance the idea that they would not be allowed to do something because they're a girl mm. or because they're female. Um, and I think we need more of that. We need more of people, you know. Dim- Demanding something that that is is absolutely the right thing to do. Um, there's a lot of positivity around it at the moment. You know, I think it's it's probably mainstream now that people believe yes, women should should be at the table. Mm-hmm. But it's all those systems and processes that need to be changed to allow it to happen, and as opposed to providing barri- barriers. Yes, you know? it is, and it's a slow process. Um, now, I, I'd say there's loads of these, but if you had to pick one, what would be a big highlight, life light highlight for you, whether career wise or otherwise? Oh, I think anyone who's a parent would probably have to talk about the, the day their their kids were born. And um, we have two girls uh, now, 18 and 14, Shona and Tara. And they have just, you know, I think just shown you the future, really. I think that's the amazing thing about being a parent is that your kids show you the future and um, really show you the, how important it is to, you know, we see what's going on at the moment in terms of sustainability and making that future as positive as possible. Um but, you know, just to see them uh, develop into individuals and independent individuals is such a joy. Um, and I think that, that, you know, I think that, that will continue to be the highlight. Yes. Um, as, as time goes on, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I suppose then, what would be the biggest challenge then that you had to overcome in your life? And what would you say you've learned about yourself from the challenge? Um I mean, I've been really lucky to have not that many challenges, to be honest. Things, you know, we, while, while we, you know, we've had ups and downs. I think um, ultimately, it's it's we're very lucky to be where we are. Um, we moved to the UK um, back just after I did the MBA, and I had to put. As I say, remortgage the house to do to do a full time MBA, going back to college full time and all that, and we moved directly to London after that, and it took me about three months to find a job, and I can remember feeling really kind of knocked my confidence significantly because here I am, big shiny MBA under my arm. I thought, you know, London is my oyster. Yes, <laughs> yes. There must be loads of jobs over there. <laughs> this was in the late ni- late 90s and um, and it took ages and, you know, all the CVs were sent off and all the answers were not even a no, just no replies. And I can remember yeah. over about three months feeling, God, is this ever going to happen? And um, and then meeting actual representatives from L'Oreal at a, at a jobs fair and doing about 20 interviews and finally landing a job that I loved. So I suppose what I learned from that was kind of the, just be patient and, you know, it's not all going to happen instantly and, and maybe just, you know, don't don't get despondent when things actually aren't, aren't aren't going your way but it did yeah I did learn a lot from that period yeah it can be a scary thing alright yeah. uh, now if you could travel back and tell childhood Alison something what would you tell her um, I suppose now looking back I think I, I've probably loosened up a bit as I got older I was quite serious I was very serious when I was you know 17 holding down a job doing college thought it was brilliant uh 
you know, I, I, you know, all my mates were in college having a whale of a time, and and I was out, you know, dealing with clients and doing all these what I thought were really important things. So, I think I'd just say loosen up a bit and enjoy it a bit more. <laughs> Probably loosened up a bit as I got older. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, so, for you, uh, what do you think are the key ingredients then in living a more happy, fulfilled life? Oh, I think it's all about perspective. Um, I do um, and work with a number of charities. I'm on the board of Goal, and um, you know I've, I've been to the field. I've seen um, the projects that they work on in the most incredibly awful circumstances, hugely challenging circumstances. In in um, I've been in Malawi and in India and and Haiti. Um, and when you see what uh, how difficult daily life is for so many people around the world, uh, I know we have our major problems in Ireland. We really do, and I'm not in any sense. Um, uh, uh, belittling the, how, pe- how difficulties people go through here, but for me, having seen such challenging daily circumstances, when, when something happens here, I, I just like, just get a grip, just get it into perspective. You know, I mean, just think of if you hadn't been born in Ireland, just think if we mm. had, uh, those circumstances were. You know, there is no hope for so many people. Um, and I think you know, no matter how bad the day is, just to bring that back to that sounds terribly worthy and everything. But actually, when you, it does, it does, it hugely affected me that the, mm. those trips that I've made and, and, and understanding the, the work that's being done by agencies like Goal. Uh, and I think it does bring you back to, to sort of you know the first world problem thing that so many of us suffer from. You know, we massively complain about the weather, and then we figure out actually, imagine if we had too much rain and we had floods. And yeah, we had, yeah. you know, it, it's it, as I, said, I don't mean to be facetious, but it does. You know, that's something that really, really stays with me. Um, mm. I'd imagine something like that going to those countries definitely would be life changing and I always like to finish up these uh, motivations on Monday with because I find successful people like yourself have a very specific morning routine you Uh, clearly haven't seen the chaos in our house (laughs) (laughs) well I just wonder what is your morning routine like and maybe we can take something from that I mean it's get up get the girls organised for school now would you be an early riser like would you be uh, rise before them I'm not great in the morning I'm not very communicative in the mornings my husband says you know there's absolutely no conversation in our house around the kitchen table even if we all happen to be around the kitchen table at the same time um, just get them organised get them to school get to get to the office um just the same as everybody we're trying to get a breakfast I love having a breakfast I really don't like missing breakfast because I think it really does set you up for the day so you know big big into my my poached egg and brown bread in the morning to get me going um but other than that um Maybe maybe a kind of a damning personal secret, you know. I I have been known to go and get a blow dry in 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 the in the in the in the salon at six thirty a.m. just to look good for a meeting or something. Listen, which is <laughs> you'll have to look good and feel good. That's what my dad says, and I think so, it's true. It really um, is. But anyway, yeah, nothing unusual <laughs> other than get out of the bed and get moving as soon as I possibly can, and get the odd blow blow dry when you can. Well, listen, Alison, it's been such a pleasure having you in studio for Monday Motivation. Thank you for in, imparting so much advice that I definitely will impart. Please don't. In, in, my, in my own life no absolutely I will I will it's been an absolute pleasure to have you and continued success in East Coast Bakehouse thanks tonight 11 to 1 on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court test drive the awesome new Mercedes-Benz A-Class today at Gilmore's Kings Court see it drive it simply awesome that's the Mercedes-Benz A-Class at Gilmore's Kings Court or gilmores.ie 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.